Hello and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas. How's it going today, buddy? Man, it's going great. How about you? Doing pretty good. And cold. Yeah, it's pretty cold here in Alabama right now. Uh, but let's dive on in. We got a pretty full slate of topics to talk about today. Uh, we're going to start off with some Alabama basketball. Um, you know, obviously they they suffered a tough loss Saturday uh, in Knoxville at Tennessee against what is now the the AP number one team in the country. Uh, you know, they were down 13 at half, and they made a really good run in the second half and, and took the lead. And it kind of looked like they might come out of there with an upset win. But you know, Tennessee is one of those battle tested teams, and uh, you know they got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, they got a lot of good players. Obviously, uh, Barn- Rick Barnes is a really good coach. And uh, it was just, you know, obviously you can go back to the uh, the travel call on John Petty there at the end, and it was it's a it's a bad call. You can't make that call in the game. And, and he had a chance to put up the game-winning shot and, mm-hmm. and took the ball out of the player's hands and, and decided to blow a whistle. And it's, that's frustrating. But you get calls like that on the road, but but you know that's not how it should be. And then you got to look at the free throws. Alabama was eight of eighteen from the free throw line. That's that's inexcusable. So I know Avery said again that it was a tale of two halves. The second half was really good for Alabama. The first half was a struggle. Uh, give Tennessee a lot of credit though. They I mean they they proved why they're one of the best teams in the country. They they found a way to to win the game after it didn't look like they were going to win. So, yeah. you know, that's what that's what the really good teams do. Yeah, and, you know, going back to free throws, I think i seen a stat that the second half was 4 of 14 on free throws. I mean, you know, if if we just shoot – you know, make 80% of our free throws, we would have won that game by at least 10. I mean, that's crazy to think about. We, we you know, said it time and time again on these podcasts – I mean, free throws is probably the easiest, you know, thing you're going to make in, in basketball. I mean, it's just you ain't got no nobody guarding you. You ain't got to – you know, it's just you and, and the goal. And it's just Alabama's kryptonite, it seems like. Um, you know, I I tweeted out uh, talking about the tail of two halves, you know. If Alabama could put two halves together, we might actually win one, you know. I mean, we either put a good first half up and get a big lead and kind of – Kind of stall out in the second half. Um, we kind of um, we kept our foot on. You know, it seemed like we kept our foot on the gas uh, in the Missouri game, and we maintained the ten point lead throughout the whole game. Um, but I mean, you know, the the bench didn't really have that good of a game the other day. Um, you know, Reese only had two points off the bench. Norris only had three. The only bright spot on the bench was of course John Petty, who had thirty, and that. You know, he's he's come alive here lately. I think moving him to the bench has got him refocused a little bit. And uh, Well, I'm going to say this. John Petty has rebounded really well this yeah. season, and he's played really good defense all year long. He His shots just hasn't, haven't been falling. But as of late, uh, they're, they're falling at a, at a little bit better uh, percentage, you know. So, uh, over the last uh, three games, he is uh, 7 of 20 – or excuse me, 7 – <laughs> yeah, he's thirteen of uh of twenty four from the three point line, so that's that's really good. Yeah, like you said, he come off the bench uh, Saturday in Knoxville, uh, but he played thirty two minutes. He was eleven of eighteen from the field and six of ten uh, from the three point line. 
Yet again, he was only two of five from the free throw line. You know, if if he makes all five of his free throws, it's a tie game. So that that part is just really frustrating. He's only shooting sixty nine percent from the free throw line this season. So that that, that needs to improve. Uh, yeah. But he is he's be, he's a more consistent shooter this year from the outside than what he was last year, and that that's a, that's a great sign. Last year. His total field goal percentage was thirty nine percent. Yeah, and uh, his uh, three point percentage was a point three seven two. And this year he's shooting uh, 43 percent, and then thirty seven percent from the uh, three point line. But he's just a more consistent shooter. He's not, you know, shooting sixty percent at home and ten right. percent on the road. He's yeah. He's, uh, you know, pretty much shooting the same whether he's at home or, or on the road. So that's that's good to see. Yeah. Hopefully he can continue that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing I also mentioned in the last podcast was I, I feel like we need to get uh, Dante Hall more involved in the on the offensive end. And we did Saturday. He uh, went 7-10 to 10 and uh, had 12 rebounds and had 16 points and only had, you know, the two personal fouls. I mean – he did finally play 33 minutes, which I think he only played like 25 in the LSU loss. I mean, he's uh, to me. If we we need to throw through him and uh, and get 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 him going early, I mean, of course he's going to get his rebounds. Um, he's he's a great free throw shooter. He went two for two. I mean, he's I think he was third on the team and yeah, he's, in the best he's shooting 76 percent from the free throw line this season. That's that's, that's really awesome. good for a big guy. Yeah. And you know we talked, we did, we talked about it last podcast. Dante Hall has to be on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. now he's he's up to twenty six and a half minutes a game. He needs to average about thirty to thirty three minutes a game. Yeah, exactly. obviously he needs to come out some to rest, but he's not getting into foul trouble and he needs to put some minutes up. I mean, in that amount of time, he's averaging eleven points and, and nine rebounds and, and two blocks a game. So, you know, the the key is getting Dante Hall on the floor. Uh, like Jake said, you know, running a little bit of the offense through him. Yeah. But most of all, having guys drive the lane yeah. and dish it to him for a dunk or, you know, him getting the offensive rebound Easy and, and, and putting it back. I mean, he is a, he, he is a force to be reckoned with on the he offensive is. glass. He is. And uh, we, Alabama really needs to, to, to make sure they give him plenty of minutes. You know, his, his per 40-minute average this season is, is 17 points a game and, and 14 rebounds. So. Yeah. The more minutes he plays, the better production he's going to have, and uh, I think that was seen, you know, this this last Saturday against Tennessee uh, when uh, he had uh, 16 points and 12 rebounds in 33 minutes of action. Yeah, and you know, here's the starters breakdown. Uh, of course, our our kid point guard had 12, and Hall had 16. Nobody else had, you know, double digits in scoring as a starter. I mean, Mac didn't put up anything. Uh, Jones only had two, and Ingram had three. I mean, you know, we can't have three people, you know, leading this team. We've got to have – it's a team effort. We've yeah, got Alabama doesn't have, you know, just a stud that they can go through. They, they're going right. to have to have a collective effort, you know, to beat the really good quality teams that they yeah. play. And uh, We've got to have our starters making something, though. Right. I, I do want to add, Dante Hall has had three straight double-doubles. Yeah. So, that's that's great to see from that's your awesome. big guy. And in those three games, he's played at least 30 minutes. He played 33 against A&M, 30 against Missouri, and then 33 again against Tennessee. So, yeah. you know, that's that's what we've been talking about. Make sure he's on the floor. Yeah. So, uh, he's obviously a, a, a key for Alabama. He, he he just seems to be the, the spark. He yeah. always has a big dunk or, or a big putback or something that, mm-hmm. that seems to ignite the rest of the team. So, keeping him on the floor is big. 
And, you know, Herb Jones, he has really struggled this year from yeah, the offensive end. He has. He, once he gets his offense going, Alabama will, will be on a different level because he's obviously one of the better defenders in the country. Yeah. But he's been in foul trouble the last several games, yep. so he hasn't been able to play the amount of minutes that he needs to play. I mean, over his last three games, he's played 11, 18, and then 20 minutes. So, mm. And it's because of foul trouble. He's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. And he, and he always picks up one – just silly foul that, that he shouldn't pick up. And, yeah. You know, maybe if you don't pick up that foul, he can play 25-plus minutes and, right. and, you know, get more of a flow on the offensive end. So that's something to watch. Hopefully he, he can get going. Uh, tonight would be a good night to get that going yeah. against uh, the 20th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously a, a really good team. They, uh, they've had some good wins. They beat Auburn in their first uh, SEC game of the season. Yeah. Uh, they're 14-3 and overall. You know, and they've beat, they've beat some quality teams. Uh, they did they uh they did lose to Butler in the non conference yep. and Cincinnati in the non conference, and uh, then you know last week they they took a rough home loss to LSU eighty three yep. to sixty nines. But then they they recovered and and got a good win against Arkansas, and uh you know tonight will be a tough matchup for Alabama. Yeah, it will. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, uh, Brian Tyree he he's their leading scorer at seventeen and a half points a game. So uh, you know they got some guys that can score. Uh, they got some guys that that can rebound, and you know they're just they're a really complete team. They average sixteen assists a game, which is pretty good in my opinion for yeah. for, for them. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for Alabama right now. Alabama's a one point favorite yeah. at home in Coleman Coliseum. I, I think there'll be a pretty good crowd tonight. The student section has really showed up this season, so yeah, that's that's has. a good sign. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's going to be a tough match matchup for Alabama, but I I think it's a must win, and I think the way that Alabama's playing right now, I've I've been I mean I know they lost Saturday, but I was pleased with the way they played, especially the second half. Yeah, and uh, you know they they played you know pretty well on the road against Missouri. I think Alabama's playing good right now, and I think they're going to be tough to beat at home tonight. Yeah, and would you you know we keep saying this about Avery Johnson, but. I, I still feel like you know this is a make or break season for him. I think he's got to get a you know into the tournament. I mean, he got there last year, but I mean, you know, we're we you know we still got some great talent there right now, and we just can't seem to you know to put it all together at one time and and you know <coughs> play a, a complete game. Um, I think you know it's a make or break uh, season for him. He's got to. You know he's got to he's got to get in the in the tournament I believe. Um, you know last year we uh, we had Colin Sexton. I mean he was he was awesome. But you know we've we don't have like I say said we don't have that one go to guy this year. Uh, so it's going to have to be a team effort. And you know if, if I, my personal feeling if if Avery can't get it done, I think he's going to be gone next year. Well. I I think the team is playing well enough right now, and we we do. And, and you know, I, I I think Alabama should get into the tournament, and I think they will get in the tournament. I think they're going to finish probably five hundred in conference play, or maybe even ten and eight in conference play. Uh, and that that would if if they finish ten and eight in conference play in this season in, in conference, they're 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 in the tournament no matter what happens in the uh, in the SEC tournament. But yeah. Avery does seem to coach him well when it comes to SEC tournament time. Yeah. So, you know, they could get a couple wins there. Um, I mean, Avery's a good coach. I mean, he's he's 12-11 hey, and 11 now against uh, ranked teams. He has a chance to, to add to that tonight yep. against Ole Miss. So, I mean, but, but Jake's right in saying that you know, he really does need to make the tournament this year because – 
they've lost a lot of games that they shouldn't lose. You know, the Texas A&M loss is inexcusable. And, you know, and, and Avery even kind of joked about it. You know, he made a, a one-legged bank three f- falling away. And, you know, yeah. it's just it, – it is kind of those things. And Alabama does seem to have a lot of bad luck when it comes to yeah. end, end-of-game situations. Right. You know, and you know, going back to the Tennessee thing, that was just that. That's just really frustrating. Uh, hey, I do want to before we move on to something else. Uh, I, I was, I, I kind of, I didn't get to watch the game live Saturday. My my daughter had had basketball herself, so mm-hmm. we were in that. But uh, uh, I went back and kind of watched the, the highlights of the game, and and one thing that that Petty is doing more of this year than he did last year. Was was driving the basketball. Yeah, he's got a little bit better ball control and, and ball handling ability this year. And there there was one possession where it was pretty much an isolation play with him against Admiral Schofield, who's who's a much bigger guy physically. Yep. And uh, you know, Petty's known to, to do a step back three, and he he baited Schofield into thinking he was going to make a step back three, and then he <laughs> drove left on him and laid it in. So yep. it's good to see John Petty kind of growing his game. And and I'm hoping that the second half of this season he really starts to click and and, and play what he's capable of playing. And he, he's he's one he's a he's one of the top players in the SEC when he's playing yeah. as good as he can play. So hopefully hopefully that will start to happen on a more consistent basis for John Petty. Right. Because that that'd be good news for Alabama and good news for Avery Johnson. Amen to that. But uh, let's uh, let's move on to to something else. We're going to talk about the. The coaching hires that's been made since the last time we've done a podcast, there's been a couple of them, and uh, kind of talk about what we think about each hire and, and how well uh, it'll work out for the program. Uh, but one thing, it, it's just crazy to think that this program is doing so many coaching changes after only losing one game. But, you know, that's Nick Saban. He, he expects the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and if he doesn't think he's getting your best, then he's going to go find somebody else. Exactly. So uh, – you know the first guy. You know they hired uh, Saban hired Kyle Flood to yep. coach the offensive line after Brent Key left for Georgia Tech. Yep. Uh, Flood's a guy who's got some a lot of Power Five experience. He uh, he worked under Greg Schiano at uh, at Rutgers for a long time. He actually coached Rutgers for a few years, so he's got head coaching experience. And uh, you know the last couple of years he's been the offensive line assistant offensive line coach at at the Atlanta Falcons. So mm-hmm. you know a guy with a ton of experience. Uh, He's been coaching a long time, and uh, you know he's relatively young at 48 years old. But but with that, with him being so young, he does have a lot of experience, and I think that's that's a good hire. There's a yeah. lot of offensive line kind of, I guess gurus is the word that that really think he's a good hire and and a good fit for Alabama. More of a throwback offensive line coach yeah. than, than what Brent Key was. So that that'll be interesting to see how that how that uh kind of flows with with the kind of talent that they have down there right now. But uh, what do you think about it? Uh, it's a good hire. Um, I was really excited when he got uh, he got announced. Uh, I mean, last year uh, the Falcons only gave up thirty seven sacks. Uh, you know that they play sixteen games, and uh, that's only uh, two sacks a game, which is in the NFL. I mean, you got the best you know talent on on every team. Even though you know the Browns, the Cardinals, everybody you know has down years, but. I mean, only giving up two sacks a game is is really big. That that allowed. Well, know, and they they run. don't have a lot of talent on the offensive line. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's one of their their things they need to uh, get through the draft this year: offensive lineman, defensive lineman. But I I really like that hire. Yeah, and you know another guy they hired to, to coach the defensive backs is Charles Kelly. Uh, you know he's actually a, an Alabama native. He he yep. played at Auburn uh, in the late eighties. 
Uh, but he's another guy with a ton of experience and kind of a throwback guy. I mean, he's been he's been a a coach in some capacity since 1990. So you're you're talking about 29 years of coaching experience. Yeah. So that that's good to have. Uh, and, like, and like we said, he's he's another throwback guy. Uh, you know, he's coached uh, at big time programs like he was just at Tennessee. He's been at Florida State, Georgia Tech. Uh, he was an assistant in Auburn in 1993. So he's yeah. coached at big time programs and he knows what it what it takes to. Uh, to coach at a big time program, yeah, um, you know he's like Stacey said, he's been um, at Auburn, Jacksonville State. Um, he's a uh, has a defense coordinator experience. Um, he's a uh, you know went back to high school through two thousand two thousand one at Ufala and uh, coached defense. Uh, he was a defense coordinator, linebacker coach there. Then went to uh, Nickel State, uh, Georgia Tech, Florida State, and Tennessee last year. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's got a like you said a huge resume. Um, it's uh, it's a good hire as well. Yeah, and uh, another guy they hired, uh, I think it was either yet, maybe yesterday, mm-hmm. was uh, Charles Huff. Uh, he's he's going to be the running backs coach after uh, Joe Panunzio took a off the field uh, job at Alabama. Uh, he's more of a a younger, uh, more energetic type guy. Uh, but he he's he's the guy responsible for uh, recruiting and developing Saquon Barkley at Penn State. So exactly. So uh, obviously he knows what he's doing. Saquon Barkley is one of the better running backs that's come out of college in a long time, and he showed that his first year this year in the NFL, uh, and he was the uh, one of the top picks in, in the draft this last or you know in 2018. So yep. uh, he he knows what he's doing. He uh, I'm really excited to have him on board. He'll be a great recruiter. Uh, he, he's from Maryland, so he he can kind of help us recruit that area that Loxley always recruited. Yep. So that that's a that's a big get in in that regard. Uh, so it's really exciting to have a guy you know at his age, and and with his resume, uh, take over that uh, running back coaching position. Yeah. Um, I seen something today where not only did he uh, he coach up uh, Barkley at Penn State, he's also I think when he was in high school time he had a. Uh, Two five-star running backs on the squad then, and uh, he got to coach them. Um, so uh, you know he's he's uh, entering his 14th season as a coach. Uh, he's been, you know, been Penn State of course, uh, Mississippi State last year, Western Michigan. The, he's been at the Bills. He's got, he's been in the NFL. Um, been at Vandy, Hampton, Maryland, Tennessee State. So, you know that's uh, that's huge. Uh, another huge pickup for uh, Saban, I do believe. Yeah, Saban's done a really good job of finding guys that that you know maybe not everybody's thinking about. Right. It's I mean I mean obviously you know guys that that kind of know the game and that kind of keep up with have heard of Charles Huff because yeah. of what he's done with Saquon Barkley most recently. Right. But you know he he just Saban is just he's a master at what he does. Yeah. And uh, during his tenure at uh, the Bills. He helped C.J. Spiller to his first career 1,000-yard rushing campaign in a Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl invitation. And the Bills that year topped 2,000 rushing yards as the team for the first time in 13 seasons and ranked sixth in the NFL with 2,217 yards in 2012. Yeah, so, you know, and I think with the with the uh, Kyle Flood and then this hire of uh, Charles Huff, I think it's kind of a sign that – that you know Alabama wants to get a little little better in their physical part of their of their running game. Yeah. Not that it's bad, but it it's not like it used to be. Right. And with Tua and the receivers that we have, uh we're going to throw the ball a lot, but oh, yeah. 
but we do need to have that in uh capability of, of having a physical running running attack. Yeah, like I've always said, Alabama's bread and butter is to run the ball, to to set up the pass, and, and we're facing to get to big boy football, I believe, right here. I, I do think you'll see a, a more balanced attack than what we've seen this last year. Yeah. I mean, it obviously, we still had a really good running game. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I do think the running game will be uh, dramatically better uh, in 2019 than it was in 2018. And when you had three stud running backs, not to mention the fourth one in Robinson, yeah, it's hard to get a thousand yard rush out of that. But um, but I think we're we might see Najee uh, to uh, he might get his thousand this year, and who knows what Trey Sanders going to do when he shows up? You know, I'm I'm really excited to see that. But but Najee being the main guy now, uh, I love the way he runs. So. You know, having him, or having Huff as a as a coach to coach him up, you're going to see big things out of them. I do believe. Yeah, you know, last year as a team, uh, Alabama threw for four thousand two hundred thirty one yards, yep. and uh, rushed for two thousand six hundred twenty eight yards. I think you'll see more of a uh, thirty eight hundred yards passing mm-hmm. and thirty two hundred yards rushing. Yeah, more that 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 seems more like a more Real possibility than what uh than a, than another four thousand yards to to uh twenty six hundred yards so just a little bit more of a balanced attack this season I believe and we only lost to I believe only two offensive linemen um on the on the squad this year I three, three three okay lost Lester Cotton that's right Jonah Williams and uh and Ross Pierce Baker but Brown would be back and he was a starter wasn't he yeah Brown, so, Brown's back Brown's back he'll be back and uh, we got Wills who's still a great. A great uh, tackle. Uh, we got the big man coming in, yeah. uh, Neil. But uh, Leatherwood's still on there. Leatherwood's I imagine we'll good. see him kick out to the left tackle position. Probably so. Yep. So, uh, but that's that's another another day and yeah. another time that we can discuss all that. Yeah. But with with the hires I've seen so far, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think we will see a more balanced attack in 2019. I agree. I think that's what Saban wants. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but moving on to the last topic of the day, we're going to talk about the, uh, the the Super Bowl matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the New England Patriots. Uh, I've seen something crazy before we dive into it, that the last time the Rams and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl, Sean McVay was still in high school. Yeah, that is crazy. It's, that is insane. That is awesome. But obviously he's done a wonderful job uh, there uh, with the Rams taking over as, as a young uh, head coach in the National Football League. Uh, and you know it's kind of the young guy against the mm-hmm. the old guys. You know Tom Brady's in his forties. Bill Belichick's been there forever, and you know I think this is their ninth Super Bowl appearance. That is just insane. Yeah, I mean, sheesh, that's awesome. <laughs> but before we actually you know give our picks for the Super Bowl champion, uh, kind of look back at what happened in the uh, the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, you know, Saints fans, I'm really sorry. And I was pulling for the Saints. They got robbed. Too. <laughs> they got robbed. Bad. <laughs> that was pass interference. Obviously, anybody with, the, you know, working eyes <laughs> yeah. uh, knows that that was a pass interference. So, you know, that, that's a really tough break. It's really inexcusable for, for two officials that are standing there looking at the play to miss it. Yeah. You know, it, it, with that – Penalty, the game would be over with. Yeah, you know, it would have been. It never went to overtime, and and you know that's just it's just tough. And uh, there was really a lot of bad calls other than just that one in that game. Oh, and there yeah. was a lot of bad calls in the New England uh, Kansas City game as well. And it was just 
And that game was back and forth, too. You know, I think it was the first time ever that both conference championship games went into overtime. So yeah, it was crazy. It's just uh, – it really was a, a crazy day for football. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, I got to give uh, credit to uh, Jared Goff. You know, when he first come in, he kind of struggled a little bit. But he's found his rhythm here the last couple of years. And, um, you know, he went 25-40 for 297 yards passing. Um, you know, I really think the Rams, if, if they're going to give – uh, a threat to the Patriots. Uh, they got to get a rushing attack. C.J. Anderson only had 44 yards on 16 carries, and Todd Gurley uh, 10 yards on four. So you know they've uh, they got to get some type of running game going uh, for them to be successful against that attack. Against yeah, you Brady. know uh, that's and you know New England does such a good job of taking away what you do best. Yeah. So I imagine that they will emphasize on taking away Todd Gurley. Oh yeah. Uh, in the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, yeah, like Jake said, Jared Goff has really turned things around in the last couple of years. You know, this season he's completing 65% of his passes. Wow. Almost 4,700 yards passing, 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. But Sean McVay has been a big part of that. He's done a really yes. good job of, of, of developing him and, and getting him on the right track. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side of the ball, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, I mean, now, what, what, what can you say about Tom Brady? Another – uh, late game drive to to give the Patriots the lead, and then yeah. you know props to Patrick Mahomes for getting the Chiefs back in field goal range to yeah. uh, to send it to overtime. But I knew as soon as uh, the Patriots won the coin toss in overtime, that game was over. With Brady was not going to yeah. let the the no. Chiefs get the ball back. No, and uh, you know that's you know that that rule was kind of a bad rule where the other team don't even get a, get a chance to score. Mm-hmm. So that that you know that kind of that kind of sucks for Kansas City. But you know that that is it's, it's the way it is. Exactly. So you just gotta yeah. live with it. But yeah. uh, here's what's so crazy: Brady is 41 years old, <laughs> I know. and he's still slinging the ball like like a madman. I mean, the dude can play another five years if he wants to. Yeah, I, I think know. I think he's got because he is declining a little bit. He don't have quite as much zip. He's still got he's got enough zip. Yeah, and he he's not quite as as accurate as what he what he once was. But he still had a really good season. You know, they don't have the greatest talent on the outside for him. No, they don't. I mean, when Julian Edelman's your best receiver, I'm yeah. not counting Gronk. Gronk's a tight end, I know. But when he's when your best, you know, wide receiver mm-hmm. is is Julian Edelman, you know, you're doing pretty good. The throw for forty five or for forty four or for forty three hundred and fifty five yards. Yeah, in, in the season, so and twenty nine touchdowns. Yeah, so I mean, Brady is he he's just unbelievable. He I mean, is. And it's just crazy. Him and Bill Belichick together has been, you know, I and and I I kind of understand the hate for the Patriots, but I also love the Patriots because they remind me of Nick Saban and and Alabama. Everybody loves to hate Alabama in college. Well, everybody loves to hate, you know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots because of what they have accomplished. I mean, like I said, this will be their ninth, you know, Super Bowl appearance together, and uh, I mean that's just. That's just amazing. It it really is. I mean, I I just can't. You know, they've got more Super Bowl appearances than like six or eight of the NFL teams combined. I know. That's just it's just insane to think about. Uh, you know, his time at at New England, he's he's two hundred and twenty five victories God. to seventy nine losses. That's amazing. He's twenty nine. Uh, uh, yeah, he's twenty nine and ten in the playoffs at New England. Wow. So he it's just it's just crazy. That doesn't include the, the win he had uh, uh the, the other night against Kansas City. So I yeah. guess technically he's thirty and ten. 
Yeah. At uh, New England. Actually, that game was played cheese, wasn't it? Was it yeah. Arrowhead? Yeah, yeah it, was, so, it was an Arrowhead. Yeah. But just think that, I mean, he could come back, you know, and play again next year. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Sonny Michelle had an awesome game the other night. He had a 113 yards and 29 carries, uh, two touchdowns. Um, Burkhead had 41 yards on uh, 12 carries. I mean, they've, you know, it seemed like last year they had uh, they had Bond, I think. And, uh, but it almost seems like during this time, um, all these runs, they didn't really have a good run game. And now they've kind of got Sonny Michelle, and uh, they, they've got a, um, a pretty, pretty balanced attack now. So, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun uh, Super Bowl. I know a lot of people are saying they're not going to watch it, but but I for one will. Be it'll watching. be watched. Don't, yeah. It'll be the most watched sporting event of the year, like it always is. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, Jake, Jake hit on on a good point. You know what the difference in that game uh, Saturday in Arrowhead was was the rushing attacks. Yeah. New England had forty eight carries for one hundred and seventy six yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. To compared to Kansas City's twelve for forty one. So. Yeah. You know the the ability for New England to be you know uh, balanced and and be able to run the ball. You know Sonny Michelle's had a really good rookie season. Uh, I think he was close to it. That yeah, he was close. He had uh, nine hundred thirty one yards yeah. rushing, which was fifteenth in the NFL. So a really good rookie season uh, for the for the running back out of Georgia. Yeah. And uh, you know that that was the difference uh, Saturday night was was the balanced attack in New England. Yeah. Uh, compared to Kansas City. And you're going to have two Alabama boys playing against each other. You got Mark Barron on uh, the Rams and Dante Hightower on uh, on the Patriots. So, you know, it's funny. Alabama's going to win either way. <laughs> yeah, it's but it, you know it is good to see the former Alabama players be able to you know have a chance to play for a world championship. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, kind of looking at the game itself, uh, it's kind of a, a weird matchup. I I almost uh, said St. Louis, Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, Rams. On paper, are the better team. Yeah, they have the better talent, uh, but they don't have Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. No, they don't. And Matt Bay is is going to be a great coach, and uh, I think Jared Goff will will be um, will be a, a, a good quarterback in this league. But um, I mean, it, it's hard to go against Tom Brady for all that he's done and Bill Belichick. But you know, I'm going to give the slight edge uh, as of now to the Patriots. I mean, we still got. Couple more podcasts, we'll be able to talk right. about it. Yeah. So, but um, things may change. I mean, everybody gets hurt in practice. You know, somebody Ben might get hurt in practice, but you know, something come out. It's been uh, about a month now that um, if some if the Patriots would have lost, they would have um, that those rumors that uh, Gronkowski was going to retire. You know, I like Gronkowski. He's just he's just crazy. You know, he's but. You know, but him and Belichick and uh, Brady will all be in the Hall of Fame one of these days when they decide to hang it up, no doubt. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. You know, and, and like Jake said, there's still a couple of weeks to, until the Super Bowl, so, you know, we'll be talking about it as we as we move along. Yeah. Uh, but right now I am leading, lead, leaning towards the Patriots uh, yeah. because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I just feel like Bill, Belichick will come up with a game plan, a masterful game plan to limit Todd Gurley and, and, the, and the Rams' offense. And Tom Brady will make the plays that he has to to, to win the game. That's just okay. what he does. That's what exactly. they do. Yep. Uh, but like we said, we'll talk about that more as we move forward. Uh, make sure uh, you follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow uh, me uh, at Blackwood89. And I'm at uh, JTH Double Cover One. 
So make sure you follow each of us, and then, of course, follow our uh, our double coverage uh, Twitter feed at doublecov underscore pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, tweet at us using the hashtag double coverage. Uh, with any questions or comments, concerns, whatever, just make sure you send them our way. Uh, we hope to hear from all of y'all, yep. uh, and we hope y'all have a good evening. We'll see y'all. See y'all. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.